Welcome to the InterVR Podcast. I'm Chris Miranda, your host. And today I'm speaking with Ana Ribeiro. Ana is the creator of Pixel Ripped. The, uh, so in my mind, Ana is basically a, like a legendary Pokemon that I've been trying to have on this podcast for the longest time. And I'm just grateful and thankful you're here. So welcome. Whoa, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> How many years has it been uh, that I've been trying to get this conversation? And I'm so glad you're now on the show, Anna. So yes, this is exciting. I'm glad too, man. It was uh, great to see you again at GGC, right? And we are at the SVVR party and yeah. we met there. And then we finally made this happen and we connected back there again. The, I'm super excited. I gotta give you props <laughs> because you are you are a marketing genius. You don't you make yourself really hard to miss. Like you can't miss Ana Ribeiro when you're wearing your whole <laughs> uh, like outfit. It's like yeah, it's a, it's perfect. It's and I'm like uh, really in, interested and excited to know more about Pixel Ripped because I got to play a little bit of it and I gotta say it's it looks like a labor of love. And I'm just, I'm just glad I was able to, you know, play it and, 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 and hopefully I get to learn from you a little bit about what it took to build, build it and create this whole thing. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It was a long journey of uh, four, four years of work. Uh, but finally, we made it to the end and it's out now to the world. <laughs> Last year, June, July, so it was out. So finally, right, after the whole journey. From DK one times. <laughs> so, how, tell me about the origins because that's this is where where I'm interested to know. Like, did you know from the beginning what you were getting yourself into, or was this something that like, um, like, how did this whole happen? How did this whole thing happen? Like, like I'm trying. I've been playing the game now, and it's it looks so polished and it just looks so well thought out. That it's like. Uh, like it's it looks like something you spent your whole life thinking about, and then now you have the re, like you have the medium to do it. But I don't know, like how how did all how did this whole thing happen? Um, thank you first. Thank you for saying the game is really polished and well thought. So it, it started. I, I I didn't I didn't plan most of it. Like this whole I didn't I. First, it starts as a student project, and I want to explore VR. I had the DK1 I bought in 2013, and I was in England. I was uh, doing my final year at the master's degree at the NFTS, and I had to do... Uh, you have the last year to make a project, which is called the final project. And I I was struggling to have ideas. I want to do something for VR, and I was struggling for a long time. And then I had this, I think it all started from this dream I had. But I wasn't planning to release the game. At the time, I was just want to make a game for VR. I want to learn. I want to have experience, maybe get a job after this <laughs> course. But it started from this dream. Uh, uh, do you want to hear the yeah, whole story? Yeah, so, take me uh, down the rabbit hole. Long. <laughs> so... I had this dream that I, I, I have sometimes conscious dreams and I had really intense dreams. I always remember, and usually I remember my dreams when I wake up and they're really intense, like I travel to different places or something. And I, I had this dream that I remember really clear that I was playing a game uh, like in the living room and the game was like Atari graphics. And as I was playing the game, the game was changing and evolving for the next generations of gaming. 
every time the game evolved, the whole room was pixelating around me. It's crazy intense until the, there was a moment that the graphics of the game got so realistic that they, the whole world was merged into one reality. And, and I, I woke up with that idea in my mind. Oh, my God. Uh, the history of video games, that feeling, playing the game, seeing that game changing. Like when you play like Sonic and you want to see how it looks, you play Mario and then Nintendo, you want to see how it looks in Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 64. And then you follow up these games and you, we saw these games changing and evolving with the history of video games. And that was like crazy. That, mm-hmm. that happened just once, right? <laughs> it's not happening again the way it did. So it, I, I start from that idea and I was surprised to talk to people during that day. And everyone thought it was cool too because... Usually when you have a dream, you're really excited and like after five seconds, you realize it was all rubbish. <laughs> but that dream was different. Everyone's talking to everyone. was like, this is a great idea. So I started, I started working on that, but it did change a lot. So this is like four years project. So uh, it did have a long journey of uh, change. I did like a play test at university. I got some beer after like the first month I was working. I got... I bought some beer and I posted on the Facebook group. I got some people to play the game. And I had this level that you had like a boyfriend in front of you and you're playing the game on the TV. And everyone was like really stressed of this guy <laughs> trying to kill the boyfriend. And <laughs> the experience wasn't there. It wasn't the way I want to be something fun, something nostalgic. It was this stressful people like hating this boyfriend. They want to kill the boyfriend. And I did like a play test uh, questions to everyone and ended up like throwing the whole thing in the garbage literally and starting everything from scratch and that was really good do mistakes early <laughs> and then uh there was a many things that changed but before the plan would be like a, you would be a gamer like a, the main character was a man you'd be like playing your game in the living room the game would be involved and you'd be there you never move from your living room everything's getting old and you're there so it's kind of a little bit depressing <laughs> But when I spoke to my uh, course coordinator, he told me, why you don't make the main character a female character? Then you're going to, the game is going to flow better. You're going to put your personal experience. So that really helped me to get memories from my childhood as a gamer. And suddenly the the character was in in the school. There was all this going on. And it did really change the game. And this is like 2014. So that's when it was a student project. So um, when I ended up putting at the Oculus Share at the time, right? This was uh, the old demo that was online, available for everyone for free at the old yeah. good days yeah, of the, Oculus Share. The, Remember uh, that? <laughs> the, the, the best, time e- easily one of the best libraries of VR demos and creativity the world has ever seen and will ever know because now it's not around. So, yeah, yeah, it brings back memories. What yeah, what year is this, by the memories. way? This is all happening. In, what <laughs> what year is this all happening right now? this was 2014 so this is when i was creating the game and more like playing around with a lot of stuff and then throwing things in the garbage really like really going crazy with ideas until i got uh the design of the game that okay this is when i realized it was a good game was like the first time i went to actually an event there was people that already had play vr for the first time it was an event in Newcastle in England. I had to get like seven hours train. And I remember this was when I met Callum from Oculus. I met, uh, first time I met someone from Sony. And 
people from Eve Valkyrie were there, like big thing, like Eve Valkyrie was announcing and it was the first time I got the game to show in an event and also the first time I got people that actually play VR before to play the game. <laughs> so that was really important because until then I was just playing the game, play testing with people at university and that never saw VR for the first time. So for them it was everything excited, just putting the headset. They were like, whoa, whoa. And I never could, I never, I, I didn't know if the game was good or VR was good because it was, tr it's like you're showing a, your movie, but you're in a, in a television and no one's seen TV before. So it's like, of course, they're going to be ex really excited about the television itself. So it was really hard to tell, is the game good? Is, the, is VR good? So this was the first event that I realized maybe this game is good. Maybe I have something that it's worth to keep working and release it in, as a full title because at the time it was like 15, mm -hmm. 15, 10 minutes, maybe five to 10 minutes long. <laughs> I was really short. And what were you building it with, by and, the way? Yeah, Sorry, Naropa, really I was just curious. That, the, this was a uh, Unity and uh, Oculus DK1. There was not many options at the time. Even PlayStation was just announcing, <laughs> but there was no other headsets. It was just indeed, indeed, they were like, Good was times. it was it hard figuring out how to like get it to work on the DK one and with Unity at that in those like early days? I honestly, I didn't mess around oh, like in the 2014, yeah, Unity, 2015. Like I was not. I was like, you know what? I'm not touching Unity for a little bit just because I'm like I'm too lazy. I don't want to learn too much. Like around 2017, 2016, Unity like. Then I started messing around with Unity, but like before, but like when you were in it, like deep, deep in it, I was scared. I was scared. I did not want to touch Unity and VR because I was like, it was so early. Oh, I, this is, I started Pixel Rip with Unity 4 point something. It wasn't even Unity 5 point, <laughs> it was like really old. <laughs> and then... So sprites were something new. I was also learning Unity. Like I had one year of Unity before I started Pixel Rip because the course, um, uh, the master's degree I was doing was two years. So first year was we did a lot of mini games and project using Unity. And then the second year I started Pixel Rip. The course I did before was a games programming course, one year. And that was C++ all the way hardcore coding, like you're programming, you're creating your engine in, and it was like you're building your game engine and like you're building Unity. <laughs> and it was crazy hard. And, and my experience in Unity was like one year before actually uh, making pixel rips. So I was learning everything and then Unity was like new, really new for me. So like I remember sprites were new. Uh, there was a yeah. bunch of things that were like super new at the time. And, and now we started the new Pixel Rip and we are in the Unity 2019 it's just crazy like there's so many new things like unit time unity timeline we didn't have in the last pixel rip we couldn't use it we released the game in unity 5.4 which is like crazy because we couldn't change yeah because if you change the we tried to change the game and update if you keep if you keep updating the engine you you get so much work uh because in a project mm -hmm. old like that every time we change uh, the, the version would just crash many things so we had to stop there and unit 5.4 and just release the game like that it wasn't easy uh, now we have like the new tile system for 2d games so 
the game within the game, which is 2D, has to use all the the new can use the new tile system. We have the timeline for animation. There's so much. The prefabs are so much better now. Um, I don't know if I'm going too technical here. No, this is <laughs> but great. like if you're Unity a... developer, you understand what I mean. Five point four, man. No, well, let me ask <laughs> you this: hard. What's uh, in your in your opinion, like what's what were the biggest differences between like Unity four when whatever version you started and like Unity twenty nineteen, whatever? No. Like how how much of a difference has has there? How much progress have you seen? Is it like really noticeable, or like, or you do you feel like? Oh wow. Is it it's, for VR? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh yeah, that's awesome. That's really good <laughs> yeah, news. Be, mm -hmm. Before uh, you used to have to integrate, basically get the camera, everything separate package, and like there was like a VR camera you have to put in every scene. Imagine like if you're doing a game that is not VR, you would have to go in every scene and change the camera for a VR camera. It it, it was really. Uh, hard coded it wasn't like in, now it's all integrated in unity so you just go and take some boxes and you have virtual reality support mm -hmm. so it's just you, so many steps that they cut out plus all this all the assets that you find now because all the developers they now have been working in vr for years so you go in the asset store and you find so many things for vr at the beginning there was nothing <laughs> there was no one you would uh, um uh, I remember the only tutorials I used to find it was D. D Cortez, D you know, D. Everyday VR. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, everyday VR. And there was not many out there. There was reality check VR. And you would go like to find any usually when you find a problem, you would it was hard to find anyone with the same problem. And many times I found myself, okay, I discovered this and they would go and share it because no one else had shared it. It, it was really small community. Like if today we feel it's small, it was much smaller. It was like a really niche, uh, small uh, place to be in VR. And uh, yeah, I, I the biggest things I, I for working in VR for me was definitely the VR integration, uh, supporting multiple VR headsets. I remember when Steam uh, released, <laughs> so when we had the Vive coming out, uh, you have to implement it, uh, Steam VR and all in the in the Unity, and there's all these fights going on. Like one try, it feels like they're fighting to each other in Unity. It was horrible, and now everything is integrated. And you take a box for Oculus if you have Oculus, and you build. You can do like one build with Oculus, Steam VR, and all, and like um, mixed reality headset. So there's an option for like. Like imagine, like involves you can just take one box and this build will will work for a Microsoft mm -hmm. Mixed Reality headset for Vive. So it this this really helped it. Um, PlayStation is still the one that uh, it is a separate platform and all the Quest is like yeah, it's a mobile build, so all that is still oh uh, still Wait. hard, still all separate. Let me, let me ask you. So so if, so if you want to port something over to PlayStation. Then you have to like get a different Unity plugin, or do you have to use a different no, no. engine altogether, or something? Um, how, how do you get? So that is PlayStation. It's yeah, it's not really so integrated. It it never was even for normal games for PlayStation. That mm -hmm. is like platforms you choose when you're doing a building Unity and PlayStation and micro uh, Xbox. <clears throat> they all separate and. The problem when you change your your project for a different platform, it it, it changes many things, and 
it takes some time to change. So we ended up have to duplicate the project because you don't want to be changing the project every time you do a build for PlayStation or for PC. And now we have the Quest, which is a mobile building. Um, but um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I wish, I hope that is in the future more something more integrated. That everything's going to be more connected in Unity, but uh, it's not a bigger issue than it was when we started in what the would, past, you know, but it's still... Go uh, ahead, go ahead. there's still what? Um, so it's it's not a it's it's not as uh, worse. It's not it's, it's better now. It's not like uh, something I'm complaining. <laughs> oh my god, it's terrible! But uh, I hope this 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 improves in the in the future. You know, we have more and more ways to integrate these different headsets and different controllers. Uh, it is getting there. Like um, you you starting to see controllers and headsets looking kind of similar. And uh, because the buttons, when you like when you do a game, when you need like to change the whole design for each headset, is just crazy. Uh, but now the controllers are looking more similar. Like if you see the Vive controllers, the old like the the now the ones we have now, they're really uh, not the best one for pixel rip we have today. Like we have to use the trigger to we use the trigger to to mm. run and shoot. But it's like a game that you supposed to, we want them to people to feel they're holding mm-hmm. a joystick controller like a old school. Uh, there is no there's no like joy joystick like a D pad, so we have to kind of do work around that, and it it, it is getting better. I think the biggest challenge of VR uh, it is the constant change of the industry and the evolution of the headsets of the platforms of the. The engine that we build the, the the apps and the games, but it is the best thing about it, right? It, it is the excitement of being in an industry that is it's burning now and it's changing. Yeah, because it's getting better. You know? But you but wonder it, then you're like, fuck! I gotta make sure I have integration for uh, old school Vive controllers and whatever Knuckles controllers that's coming out. Like like, yeah. I mean, at least the Knuckles controllers, they work uh, straight away with all the games that now oh, they nice. are already on Vive. So that that's something that they did. Yeah, it, 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 it works. If you have Knuckles, if you get a Knuckles, you just can go and play the games. The games don't need oh. to do any change. So just if you want to, exclu- of course, use the features that the Knuckles have. Like, you, But uh, the, the buttons, they're already like... Yeah, they're mapping the buttons in a way that most buttons just work together, which is great. Like, um, I hope this uh, keeps happening. Like, the Oculus S is gonna come out. It's gonna work with all the other games that works for Oculus Rift. Um, this is something really good for developers because imagine every headset that comes yeah. out, we have to change everything, do a new build, and it's just especially in a project like Pixel Rep that is now Unity five point six five point four. It's just crazy to go back there and then have yeah, to Yeah, it's just and... so much work. And there's the market is still so small. You know, you got to like, you really got to figure out and prioritize where to spend most of your limited energy and resources when you're thinking about like, all right, well, if I support this controller for this particular headset, will it make a difference? Or do I spend more time and resources on this upcoming controller or headset? Like, like the quest, you know, like, would you rather spend more time mm-hmm. if HP, for example, the HP reverb came out with a completely different type of controller 
uh, sort of button layout um, and you had to develop separately for it, I would imagine that you would rather spend more time on something like the Quest than, than the HP Reverb because of just the market penetration that Oculus will mm -hmm. have with that standalone. I mean, and at this point, the thing about the Oculus Quest is a lot of it is predictions, but it feels like it's uh, it's going to be in a healthy. If if they don't mess it up, like it's going to be, it's going to make a healthy impact. I I hope, and so. Yeah, I believe it's going to be a game change for VR. It's uh, today the 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 challenge we have to convince people to buy a headset, like when everyone tries VR for the first time, they, they're in love with it. They're like, whoa, I want to have this. They're super excited. But when you go and tell them, you, uh, they say, usually they say, I'm going to buy a headset right now. $400, okay. And then when you say, but you need a laptop that is that powerful or a computer, or they're all like, oh, no, I don't yeah. have that. And usually <laughs> most people don't have, powerful computers like uh, gamers you know it's, so it's like it really puts people down when you have to say you have to buy the headset plus you have to have this and and all the setup too like even uh, even for us like that are used to this for a long time now but i get sometimes lazy i'm like i, I wanna i'm like yeah i'm excited i'm gonna play some game if you're now and then when i get home i'm like oh no i my setup is not on and i to turn it on all the cameras and I do all the you you just wanna you know sometimes you just wanna yeah yeah we are lazy. lazy I'm I'm lazy too I'm like yeah there's days where I just uh I think about like well do I want to go clubbing in VR chat or do I want to like you know sit on my couch pet my dog and like watch Netflix yeah watch Netflix <laughs> and yeah, yeah the temptation is real yeah it is uh <laughs> It's too much of a hassle to get to VR, you know? It's like all these cables, all this setup, and the the, the, the problems that happen yeah. sometimes, they have to restart your computer. It's too much. People don't want to go through this. People want something easy. They don't have to worry too much in the Quest. And all the other headsets that are going to come too, like in that style, all the, the inside-out tracking, no need of cameras, no need of cables, and all in one console. This is definitely going to be something uh, really strong in the market. Finally, the headset that people need, you know, like people need something yeah. from that to better. Not the way we are now, it's, it's people that are developers and gamers that are in, you know, people really like hardcore and technology, but the common uh, audience, people that are normal and normal I mean, I mean we are a normal <laughs> but i mean the normal we call crowd. them normies normies they're called normies from here uh, yeah. Yeah. um so yeah, so the normies need something like i think it, you're right that, i think uh, i think um it is definitely hard to you know set to have all these barriers to adoption the price the setup and with that in mind you know i wonder like when you were developing Pixel Rift, you know how how did you know what that that you were building something that people wanted? Like, what was that process of, you know, getting? Because I think you talked a little bit about it earlier. You were getting people's feedbacks and stuff, but like, how were you able to systematize that? In so in a way, you were able to like, you know, flesh out a, a game to that the, to the best of the, of your uh, ability is it's something that people people wanted. You know, obviously balancing out with the fact that like. You know, it's something that you wanted, but, you know, it's a bit of both. And so I want to get your thoughts mm -hmm. on that. 
I think the most important thing uh, uh, helped me to really get the design uh, the way I vision it was to test with people a lot. And because that there was that is still nowadays there's no many rules and for designing for VR we are all discovering and imagine at the time DK one time there was not even a, yeah. a hand tracking head tracking <laughs> so I had to really be uh, creative in a way that sometimes I had like colleagues saying oh my god this is crazy the character's <laughs> not gonna move this game's gonna be so boring. <laughs> And I had to be stick to my thoughts and just do uh, throw the role the rules of uh, game design that I was learning there in the universe and just um, really see people playing and just realize this is different. <laughs> this is not gonna apply to the rules everyone is used to. And I think that's the best way to do it. It's still nowadays. I think VR is so new. We have to just watch people and be really. Uh, you have to be really. Um, critical about your work not like be attached to it or like uh super precious uh i i noticed some people is too precious and they don't want to show their work until their work is looking really good and um i was showing when i had one month and this really changed because i had like uh this really different game <laughs> that people got really angry and, and hating and <laughs> it wasn't pixel red yet you know pixel red I want people mm-hmm. to go not been feeling nostalgic and happy and having fun playing games that we used to be. It was um, little things like uh, fading the camera, like you your normal uh, PC games or mobile, like you can fade the fade the, the camera, the image, and to black and go to a new scene. When I did this in the the in VR, uh, people were screaming like because it was like a rain outside. So it looked for a few seconds there was like a horror game or something and people were screaming and there was like this horror game that people were angry with the boyfriend. <laughs> so like all these little things that it is, that everything is more intense in VR. So you have to be really careful. <laughs> Just a little rain outside and you put everything dark. You're turning on. I was turning mm. off their lights. I wasn't fading the camera. So it is a... <laughs> It is really important to watch, you know. If I hadn't do this playtest, who knows where this game was going to be now? I, I don't. I don't think it would. It would uh, had uh, went that far. It wouldn't uh, appeal for VR users. It would just be a failure. So I'm glad I, I tested really early and I throw everything in the garbage. Uh, people didn't like it. Okay, I'm throwing everything in the garbage, starting from zero. And and they, I, I remember I had this bug in the game that the character inside the game came out of the television. So at, I was supposed to draw the character just on the television and I forgot to tell the camera, don't draw this character here. And then that was amazing. Uh, this bug really changed the game. And we had, I, had, I saw this 2D character like jumping in the middle of this realistic <laughs> living room and I was, oh my God, this is it. The game character is going to come out. And then I put on this little demo uh but it was really short so at the end of the demo you would play the game in the tv your boyfriend was in front of you and then at the end uh, you would jump there was like a big furniture with a lot of consoles so you would be you your uh, dot would come out from one of the consoles and you would have to jump to the other console like imagine you like playing mm-hmm. um super nintendo you would jump inside atari 
and the game would change in the TV, and that was it. It was like five seconds or ten seconds that the character was out. And then I remember everyone, when I did the questionnaire about them, everyone was like saying, what do you love the most? Mm. The moment that the character come out from the game. <laughs> what do you want to change? It's too short. So I ended up building all on that idea that, okay, this is the best moment. And then this became the ice in the cake, which is the boss battle moment when the carrots jump out of the console and they're in your world. Um, so I built the game based on everyone's experience. I was watching people and then changing. I wasn't like, it's, I feel like I got this, uh, I, I learned this mm-hmm. really well when I was making pies and I had this pie business before because I used to do these flavors and just ask people, do you really like this? Do you want more cheese? Less cheese. Do you want bacon? Do you think it would be good? And I would just change it. I don't care. It, it's for people. It's not for me, you know? So it really helped when you're not attached to it. You see the game as a product, not as a, a game for yourself. Um, so I think that really, really helped me to <laughs> improve the game and uh, try different things. Um, did, I don't even know if I answer your question. I, I, I get lost in thought. <laughs> No, that was great. That was no, that was great. Thank you for no. no I, I yes, you did an, somewhere in there. You answered it perfectly. I just it was just a, a lot. There's a lot here that I'm trying to because uh, a <laughs> young lady. Excuse me, young lady. Sorry, my dog is being a, a rude lady. Young lady, I raised you better than this. I was so happy for, for for a few seconds. I okay, thought you called so, me young lady. Um, I was like, oh, I'm young lady. <laughs> Thank you so much. Rivero, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, you. I mean, that, no, that goes, without I, I goes without saying. That goes without saying. That moment of <laughs> Ana Rivero, please, please. I'm, 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 I, 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 uh, I, I don't have any comments right now. But let me go to uh, breaking the fourth wall. Because that moment where you broke the fourth wall, where the character actually actually popped out of that screen, and there and it was that like that that moment was really uh, that yeah. was actually that also was my a bug, moment. man. That was a bug. <laughs> I think uh, I think you you should always listen. That was your a bugs, bug. You know? huh? Wow. The game sometimes trying to talk to you have to be open minded. <laughs> I guess. I I like. I dig that, you know, I dig that a lot. And I also appreciate how you uh, learn from your experience in baking that like here, I'm just going to, I'm just going to like, you know, learn what people want and just give them what they want. And then I maximize mm-hmm. my productivity that way. I, and and it's funny how you, you, you brought that very simple concept and made a game that people actually wanted in the end. Like, at the end of the day, though, like what 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 are some of the biggest lessons that you learned from making? I this think game? I learned uh, you should definitely. Uh, 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 this is for developers. I think I think not just developers. Actually, anyone anyone should think about uh, when you're working with something, working a product in a project that you really love and you have. Uh, you, you, because if you're not working with something you really love and you really care, it, it, it will be really hard to keep going when the hard times come. And I think this project, um, I'm so glad I, I, I choose something I really love, something that was really personal. When I stopped working on this project, it was, it came from a dream. I put all my, I was making it, uh, and having fun at this always like during these whole years 
and uh, that that's the difference i think everything we put ourselves to do a project um we should do something that matters for us something that motivates us something that you really love because uh otherwise you're not going to be able to finish like uh, especially when it's complex and when it takes years uh i think that's the big learn for me like um i definitely for now on when i'm working projects that i I I I care and I believe and I love because otherwise what is the point to be here right? we we have such a short life you know and uh why been working on something that makes us feel miserable you know? just just for the the reward is just the the money and the end you know I think the biggest reward should be actually making it the having fun during the process of working on that that that's like the big learning for me, like it's been like four years, but I'm still working on this game now. So it's now five years. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> 2014. So we are in 2019 and uh, we are now working on the next Pixel Rape episode. Yeah, and I'm yeah. still excited for the next four episodes. And uh, if was, it, if this game wasn't something I, I love and I care and I was having fun during the process, I would have give up like <laughs> years ago, you know, uh, when I did have money, when the Kickstarter failed, when uh, you know, when you have like tough times and like people in your team leave, stuff like that, you would just break. But when you are something that you are having fun and it's more than just the the go at the end, you know, you are having fun through the road. It's not like just waiting for the last moment of that day when I get at the end and release the game, you know. I was having fun waking up in the morning and sitting on my computer and working in the game. Um, so yeah, that's that's like I think something I, I really learned, and I I I would like to leave this message: work with your heart. You know, it's something you love, and that's what matters. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I, and I'm sure this sort of already answers the question I'm about to ask. But like at some point, people doubted yeah. you. <laughs> And, and I, wanna, I don't, like, I don't I sort blame of, like, them. Like trying to get your so uh, thoughts on like <laughs> what yeah. what was your strategy dealing with people's doubts? Or did you no, just not care? Was, I'm like, you, were you or or what was your strategy? I'll get drunk. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'll go to the bar. I have a beer. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah. I remember. Like every year was like. Uh, it's coming next. It's coming soon. Teaser trailers and people were just like, "Okay, when is like the the um, 2016?" I think was like the hardest time because I was self-funding the project and it was going really slow the game. So uh, people, I think, start like I saw some posts about like on Reddit. People like, "Is this game ever gonna come out?" And it's like, and. And some oh. people talk, no, they, I Red heard there, like, it's like a myst mystic, uh, uh, mysterious, uh, someone said that some people is working on this game, maybe. So, so it's like, hey, guys, I'm working on this game. We're here. We're, we're still working on this. <laughs> it does so funny because uh, we are, we are here. We're we going to do it. It's going to take long, but hang in there. <laughs> it took so long that people is just like, is this game ever going to exist? You know, and. Finally, when I uh, met Avery and then I joined uh, the publisher, right, that released the game, released the game together, I think that bring it um, a little more trust. <laughs> this game maybe is going to come out now. And it start to um, 
helping people to trust. And now that we finally released the game um, with Arvory, we're going to release the next game. I think now, I hope people now trust us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I, I think now they trust because I, I keep my word, my word since the beginning that I was going to release the game. If I haven't found Arvory, it would take me more time. But I would, I would be still working on this game until release because that was something I put on my head. I'm gonna release this game no matter what. <laughs> I'm gonna finish. Man, and you did it. <laughs> Wait, at what point were you like? When did you say to yourself, "All right, I can breathe"? Was it when the like Sony check started coming in, or when you started seeing the sales uh, on PlayStation, or like, or do you still feel like I can't breathe? I can't stop breathing. I gotta keep I, going. I think I'm, like, I'm, 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 I'm really, I'm always like, I, I don't feel like I can settle down ever. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not <laughs> worried about the next game and what is next or is next, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to settle down. I think I, I don't really want it. <laughs> I'm not looking for yeah. that day. I'm like, just like, yeah, I don't have to do anything else. I just can't kill myself, you know. Just <laughs> oh, I, no, I, we, we like you here, Anna. What do you do for fun besides having VR and, and things like that? Uh, like, what do you, what do you do for fun? Uh, for what I like to do uh, for having fun. Um, yeah. That is something mm-hmm. I really miss. I used to go camping when I was living in England. I really miss doing that and mountain biking. Camping in England? Yes. <laughs> Why? There's camping. Yeah, that there? is really. I'm nice sorry. I'm so, I sound. I sound. Uh, uh, I sound a little ignorant, raining. but I am. I'm it, it, curious. It rains a lot, but it is really nice uh, camping there. There's a oh. lot of uh, the countryside of England. You know, it's really nice. Oh. Uh, uh, I, I cool. like doing stuff like that. Road trips. I, I did once. A uh, whole road trip from England uh, to until uh, like uh, the Loch Ness, the Loch Ness, the Loch Ness mm-hmm. where the monsters was nice, and uh, in America, Loch Ness Lake, yeah, I crossed the Amer- whole America once too. It was like from uh, Toronto in Canada to San Francisco in a car. That was awesome. I love I love traveling. I think that's the thing. Of course, everyone <laughs> loves right. Um, um yeah. let me see i like um going to the cinemas watching movies um i've been i, I love playing volleyball <laughs> we made it yeah we did yes we're back here you guys don't know it was crazy, it was crazy. we thought we had lost all the recordings but we finished we finally here back <sighs> Yes. Yeah, I've been I've been <laughs> I've been messing around with like different audio recording software like Zencaster and like Evair and whatnot, and uh, I'm just glad that it's kind of working, <laughs> you know, because it was Yay. yeah, it's not a, it's not <laughs> ideal. Um, so Anna, thank you so much for your patience and your flexibility. I want to keep following up on the sort of um, wh- what are your biggest ga- video game influences for you? Because I I mean I I play Pixrip and I'm like yeah I see Sonic here and I see Mario here. And I'm trying to sort of see or get an idea of who were or what were those biggest influences for you in the video game world. Um, I, I, we, I, I was more like a Sega Genesis than Nintendo. Oh, <laughs> when I was a kid. We had uh, we call in Brazil. It's called Mega Drive. Actually, it's not Sega really? Genesis. And. Um, yeah, I, I play a lot of Battletoads, and uh, that is a reference of Battletoads and Pixel Rip. <laughs> Super Goes and Ghosts, I played a lot. <laughs> it's so hard, it's impossible to don't forget that game. 
Uh, who played that game definitely remember like spending nights and nights trying to beat that game. Um, I think, yeah, Sonic for sure was really big. Um, my love for Nintendo came uh, uh, later, uh, but um, at that time I was more like a Sega <laughs> kid. Uh, actually, we had a console in Brazil called the Phantom System, and I I grew up saying this is my favorite console. Because, uh, but I didn't know it was a ripoff of the Nintendo, of the NES. It basically you you play Nintendo games with a play, uh, like a with a Mega Drive, with a Sega Genesis controllers, and it was like uh, Nintendo games because at that time Nintendo wasn't in Brazil, so they ended up releasing all the games through another company here that released that console, Phantom System. Wow. <laughs> so I I didn't know I I like Nintendo games uh, i was actually playing nintendo games before having a nintendo <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but definitely there's a lot of platform games influence i, I love platform game um mega man was really big um there is a alex key there is a i'm I couldn't put all the reference there but there is a, definitely one of the games i remember the most from the era um yeah, nowadays I would say I have been playing a lot of uh, the classic little consoles. I am trying to do research. It's serious work. So I just finished playing uh, Super Mario World, uh, Donkey Kong oh, Country. Oh, nice. <laughs> Those games are hard. Yeah, they don't um, babe. They don't babe. Like Donkey Kong Country is a game I, I never beat. I never was able to beat it. I never got through the like the ice world. It's so hard. Man. Oh man, that ice, that is one level in the ice world that I think, I think we spent like probably three nights, uh, every night playing like four <laughs> hours and couldn't beat that level, almost give up. And then I, I, I keep thinking like, what happened nowadays? Like we, this new generation to play one level that if you, if you spend like <laughs> maybe more than one hour in one level, you give up and we spend <laughs> Three, the three nights for so long like in one little level and but the, the moment that you actually finish the game that that feeling you know that feeling is gold throw the control <laughs> on the floor you scream it you like sweating you're like you're shaking it's 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 heaven right it, that that feeling it just comes i've only gotten that games. feeling a few times because mm -hmm. i'm a quitter i quit man i just i, I just like rate like ninja gaiden on Nintendo DS. Oh, I think yeah, you got Ninja Gaiden don't artist. play around. There, yeah, it's it such is. a well, <laughs> yeah. On the top um, list. And then Nintendo Mario sixty four. For uh, Mario sixty four was just so epic. It was such an epic game where, like, um, I remember. I'll never forget the the last theme. Like games and music. Like the music makes the like for example, Halo. Halo for me is world renowned for that that theme song and it, if you i met the composer john, for the john, the, the john williams the halo composer oh. he, he gave like um i don't know by heart the name but he gave a talk when i was actually graduating i was doing pixel ripped at the time at the university and he gave a talk and we went there and he it was uh, really inspired. He he used to before making uh, Halo music. He was doing like mm -hmm. music for commercials, 
and he got like to like the point of his career is like what is the point i'm making the music for like uh the sand you put in the room where the dog goes shit and he changed his career it was amazing his story and he changed his career started making music for games and halo was kind of i think his first game and 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 the, and the music was so strong they ended up influencing the team now and they, he starts composing the music the, the music before the game which is crazy that his music inspired the team i, I really like that um on Pixel Raptor, sometimes I like to do this with the composer. He does songs that inspires me for some levels. You know, some some songs actually inspired us to make other levels, and it, it it's it's brilliant. Like I love this uh, work. Sometimes the things come and before that's music or a sound or um, a maybe a three D model inspired you to something in the gameplay, and I, I really like that. There's some. One time, the uh, Steph, the three D artist, uh, Steph mm. Keegan, she did the three D for the game, and she put like this um this board that says how the future would be mm-hmm. like in the in the right side. And one day I was just looking to it, having a beer, and then I was like, "Wow, well, how the future would be like?" And then I decided to make this. If you shoot at the board, that everyone is in VR headsets and is one of the Easter eggs, and also distract the teacher. <laughs> It it uh, it was just looking through the three D and then it came to my mind, and many of the distractions like they were there and they live in the classroom just as a as a prop you know like just a decoration and I ended up adding interactions and get inspired by them. It's really cool. The reverse works sometimes, not just uh, put the music at the end, or put like you know it's yeah. nice when things yeah. just flow together. Yeah, the music together. it it's like um, a, a lot of times I've heard people say that like. Music is like fifty percent of the experience. It just be just because just because of how uh, mm, how much of an impact it could have in helping you remember that experience. I you know I noticed something that really really funny like when when uh, spoiler alert when uh, you uh, when you hit the uh, the trash can with the with the the shooter, it's uh, the the Brazilian soccer player runs out mm-hmm. running. It just made me laugh. <laughs> that was yeah. just so random. Like it came out of nowhere. Like, what? I, I like how you put sense of humor in it. Like, how? How? For example, are you? Do you think about sense of humor in VR? Like, how do you? It's almost like a you know with with joke writing, you gotta like you know set up the joke with a, like the punchline and like, but with with VR, like how how do you set up the joke? Like you know how do you know? It made me laugh. Like, how do you? How did you know that that was that like that was gonna get people laughing? <laughs> Everyone laughed on it. Uh, I think you know. Uh, I I can't do serious. I, I realize I can't do serious uh, games. I tried to do a horror game once, and it <laughs> ended up becoming a comedy. <laughs> I think I have. I just can't take. Uh, anything too serious in life uh, when it's like making a game I, I just if I'm not having fun making it I just don't see the point so I think because I'm having fun when you're having fun making the game and you're creating these jokes it translates to the user I think that everything that we found funny found uh, that would be a fun joke that, that would make someone laugh and we put in the game because we laugh about it and if we laugh, I mean, someone's gonna laugh. The the, the football, the footballers actually was the first um, interaction apart from playing the game that I had in Pixar. It was like um, basically 
um, a frustration I had from old games that I've been playing. Like, uh, I remember going on Counter Strike, getting the ball in the goal on there was a level in Rio de Janeiro, and I used to really try so hard to get that ball in the goal. It was really hard because it was a first person shooter and you're moving a the ball. There was a, it wasn't a football game. And when I did the goal, there was no feedback, no like, even like. Mm. Goal was a sound effect, something, but it was nothing from the game. That was something that was really upset because I found that would be hilarious if something happened. And I think when I, I put like a bean in the in the classroom, I was like, what if you do a goal? Like it's so hard to put the to shoot with the spitball in the in the bean. Something must happen. So I ask I asked my course coordinator and my team, uh, my my colleagues at the time in the classroom uh, at the universe, I just asked, hey, guys, I have this uh, bean. I really want something to happen when I throw the the, the ball in the, in the bean. And something happens, something goes, something. And my course coordinator said, why just don't put some footballers jumping through the window then? And he, jo- he was joking. But I love it. I was like, this is great. I'm going to do it. He didn't believe I was going to actually put in the game. A few hours later, there was footballers jumping around and just, and that uh, uh, that uh, little thing became inspiration to make all the distractions in the game. Uh, the old demo just had that, that you could play the game and you shoot in the bean, but the footballers wouldn't do anything to the gameplay. It was just a joke. But everyone that was playing the game, I, I noticed that when they shooting at the bean, they thought they were distracting the teachers. So they start shooting more. And they told me, like, I'm shooting because I'm distracting the teacher, right? So many people said that and many people thought, and I was like, this makes sense. So I ended up, okay, I'm going to create the distractions. So people shoot stuff in the classroom to distract the teacher. But it was always inspired by the reactions of people playing, nice. shooting <laughs> at the bean and making the goal. Um, which is another example that that reinforced what I was telling you about before. You should just watch people playing it and... Yeah, it's something really, really important, and I really want to keep that, uh, that joke, those jokes, and those things that just indie developers do. You know, those um, crazy things that we just have in our heads and we just put in the game. I really want to keep. And uh, now that we are in Arvor, and I have a team of people work with me, uh, is one of the main <laughs> objects of the game. Keep it the crazy shit, basically. There's like writing down like cre- 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 keep. Um, <laughs> surprising the player the what the fuck moments basically of the game they need to stay this is something i'm really really uh, strong on that because uh if you ended up getting people that are maybe too elegant or they think different they want the game to be more elegant or you know it is not pixel ripped and i have to be there to be sure this this style stays you know the crazy moments so you have this what the hell is going on? You yeah. know, I wanna, I wanna keep that. I got, I definitely surprised. felt that way. I definitely I felt like, really what cool. am I doing? <laughs> what is doing? What's going on here? This is, it's like, it's like taking me between like some mythological fantasy world, and then it's like, and I'm, I'm in the metaverse, and it's like, and you're, you're breaking the fourth wall, the fifth wall, you're breaking all the walls, like, uh, and people, I wonder, like, do people ever ask you, like, Anna, how did you do this? Like, how? How did you go from having a, a baking business to being a VR developer and creator? Like, what is, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think um, 
uh, when I realized it, I was in the uh, I wasn't I was in mm. the wrong business. That was really easy for me to take the leap and just decide to change and start a life from zero. But before that, I, I, I before making games, I was basically working in the government for five years. Uh, it was it was basically a job where you type in documents for the judge, like uh, divorces, and it was really bureaucratic. And it was like I think when you we, you do something that is really against your yourself <laughs> it's it was so different for, from what i am that i think that really helped me to realize what i'm doing here and then really change careers um and also the pies really really did really help me like i had this sideways i had this little small business of pies that was, was selling for i think it was like for one year and a half and in less than i in less than like three months i was like getting a better salary and then that the Justice Council, where I used to work for five years, that is considered like a super amazing job in my hometown. So uh, having this small business that I created and I was owning and I was like more successful in three, in, and then this other job that considers uh, uh, like the best life you can have, that job I used to have. And uh, it's crazy. It's, that that really gave me like the courage to believe on myself uh, because I saw oh my guy create this business in three months. I'm, I have a better salary, a better life than that place that I was working for five years that I wasn't going anywhere. So um, when I was doing the course for actually open the business, so it was like a, a one week course. I remember there was a question that the teacher did that was really helped me to actually find myself. And I ended up giving a TED talk about this. Uh, if you put on YouTube, you can see the whole story. I explain better. Uh, I've put on a TED talk, TED TEDx. On that sounds video. awesome. No, I'm listening. I'm like, no, keep um, go. I'm going. I'm like, I'm like, you have me. You have me. You there? Do you you like you oh, have oh, me oh, as your captive you audience? Me? I just want to. I'm just like, <laughs> yes. Tell me more. No, no. <laughs> Okay. I thought the connection was wrong see, because so, I could here's see the funny thing. Let me say something funny. Like people say, "Hey, you should not go." Because sometimes on oh, the, yeah. the podcast, I want to make sure that people know that I'm like I'm there. Like I go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like people started complaining, like, "Hey, stop saying that." So now I like I say it less. <laughs> but but then this happens sometimes, where like people are like, "Hey, are you still there?" I'm like, "Yes, I'm still here. I'm still here." So. Uh, we're traumatized. We're both traumatized from our last, our last experience with this. Us, with right? this. So, uh, but no, we're yeah. still here. <laughs> we're... Yeah. yeah, that is. A... <laughs> so I was saying that that is a TED talk. At, if you search TEDx mm. on a rebater, I talk What's about. What's the phrase again? Can you repeat phrase the phrase? That changed my life. The, the moment I took the decision, and it was. So it was basically asking. Um, imagine that you. Uh, start your life today, you don't have um, a course or a degree or you don't have a job, you don't have a, a forget about your friends and family and basically all your all our story until today, imagine you're born in now and you have the chance to start a new life from scratch, like the way you want it now and, <laughs> and for the first time I saw oh my god, I love video games my whole life <laughs> what I'm doing and I, it, was, it was like so clear so in my front and i couldn't see it right i couldn't i never thought oh my god i can work with video games i can actually make games i could do that and then that moment was like so unforgettable for me because i was like everything was so easy after that 
before I was so confused, I was like living in, a, I was, I was going, what I was doing, selling pies, working in the government, it was like, it wasn't myself. And that the, it was the first time I did something that it was Anna and not just like, what my parents think or my my friends think I should be doing. I was just like living, I was basically uh, uh, letting life take me where I was going. I wasn't getting the decision. And that that was the first time I actually decided myself, okay, I'm going to make games. And (laughs) everyone thought I was going crazy. Like my family, my mom, I I remember was the first one that actually uh, supported myself. And uh, she's an artist and she saw where I work. She was like, I wouldn't work here. I, I don't want my daughter to work here. I understand you should go for dreams. And so I, I got the money from the pies that I was saving. I, I, I quit my job. I sold my car and then I ended up starting a new life. And I, I, I traveled to England. So it was like a new country, new culture, a new career. It was a new, I had a new chance basically. That, that was yeah. uh, something I don't regret. I wish I had done earlier, but at least I'd done, you know? And it, it was crazy. I think we should all, every day ask ourselves this, uh, well, where we want to be and we want to be doing this. This is what we want to be doing. If not, we should just go crazy. You know, it's just better try and do a mistake than die. Never in have this feeling on your heart. You know, what if, you know, it's the worst feeling you can have. You know, you never tried. You never uh, tried to do what you want. So if, even if you try and you, you ha- if, if I had tried and it was a failure, I would know I tried, and I think that's a better feeling than stay the whole life feeling. What if I had done games and I'm there working in the government? You know. Um, but yeah. yeah, for for a lot of people, it seems like the fear of the unknown is like really, like really, really scary to them. Like it's just you know, what am I supposed to quit my job and I'm supposed to like what am what, how am I gonna pay rent? How am I gonna pay my car payments? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, and it's like. Uh, it's it and it's and it's not it's not like you're supposed to like you know drop everything yeah. and not have a plan mm-hmm. like it seemed like you went in there and you had some savings yeah, you had I some plans it, it, and you and you did your best yeah i i I, got, yeah. I went there ended up um uh using i had a holiday from work so i ended up going my holiday to england first i visited the universe i found the university on google basically and it was a games programming course at the sa university and i was like i went there i visit i like it I did a, a English course so I could uh, do the IELTS. You have to do like a, a test your English you, as an immigrant. You cannot just get a visa and just go. You have to prove your English is good for the degree and all that. So I did all that before. And I, I ended up selling ice cream at Oxford Street in England. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm selling ice cream. And I have a better salary than the Justice Cons. <laughs> I realized everything was wow. better than the Justice Cons. I was like, fuck this job. I came back and I quit and I... I was so sure this is the right thing to do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it is a risk, but you can you can plan a little bit. Okay, of course, uh, you can't predict everything that's going to happen, but uh, I think they, that in life, uh, we're too scared to take the risk sometimes. That we imagine it's much worse than it is many things. And usually the mm-hmm. things we fear the most are the, are the ones that are worth it to try, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I like using the metaphor of like a like a, a horse and uh you know you like someone was like uh tied you know you t- you can tie a horse to a pole and he just stays there. So they tied the horse to a plastic chair. <laughs> just sit it just just 
just there, just this plastic chair. And the horse is of, you know, what, like 600 pound, 800 pound animal, 1000 pound animal. And it has all this power, but it, because it's tied to a plastic chair, it won't move. And so I feel like there's a, a lot of people who are kind of that horse. Mm-hmm. They don't realize how much power they have, how much, yeah. uh, how much, uh, you know, and, and it's just, uh, and a lot of the obstacles that are presented in front of us are, are a lot, a lot of them are inside our minds. Some of them are really are physical. Some of, some obstacles are real. And, but, but I feel like as long as you do your best and you're constantly learning and looking for ways to expand your mind, uh, mm-hmm. in the pursuit of, of conquering those obstacles, then I guess you can't really be too mad at yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, everything in life, of course, I'm not going to say, yeah, it's super easy, but it is, if you, if you have a dream and you go for it and you hard work and, and you, you don't give up, you you will get there, you know, it's, um, and if you don't get there, you're going to keep trying, but at least you have a goal in life and you, and having a dream is what makes us human beings, right? Where's the point to be here if we don't have a dream and don't have, uh, it's just like, which is, uh, that's why I say I would just kill myself that's, that's, if I don't want to do anything and I'm just settled <laughs> for life. <laughs> yeah thank thankfully thankfully that's not a not not a concern we we will we'll ever have because you're so determined you're so driven you feel it seems like uh it seems like you have so much uh so much ambition and hope and i and i dig that that's awesome i like to live life in an intensity uh, <laughs> i think i like uh, an intense way people- i like keep keep i like to live in an people- adventure i think when i settle i'm like bored <laughs> yeah. Do people ever think? Do Do people ever tell you, Anna, you're you're, you're of an extreme person? <laughs> yeah, people. Uh, I had like the course coordinator coming to me. I had never, uh, I I never had to say to a student this, but you have to stop working. <laughs> oh wow! Because <laughs> I used to work. Uh, I used to be there like until three a.m. and I, like go home really late, just work your pixel rip, sometimes sleeping and being bags. And- <laughs> How how are you sleeping? How are are you like are you are you like a normal person that needs seven to eight hours and you just like you know put put on the put on the the punishment or are you one of those like you know special people that can do five hours and they feel fine? No, I I like work uh, is sleeping. Uh, you like sleeping. <laughs> I like sleeping at least uh, six minimum six hours. My for me gold is like eight hours of sleep because. I, I like my dreams. I have some really intense dreams. I I, I love exploring the con- conscious dreams. It's, it's great, man. I, I don't know if you ever had a conscious dream, but it is uh, actually a place where you can uh, do research, discover stuff. <laughs> are you v- are you prototyping um, in VR? Are you doing VR prototyping? Yeah, in your actually, yeah, dreams? actually. Yeah. Uh, every time I have a conscious dream now, I'm touching objects and I'm thinking, oh my God, VR is going to work when we actually connect to the brain because I could feel cold of the, the, the how hard the, the objects were and if, the, if it was cold surface, I, was, I could like touch objects and people I was like, wow, I am here. And I was like conscious of the dream and I was testing the dream basically. How did you master that? How did you figure that out? How did you do? Because I'm always like, this is my reasoning. You and I, if we're lucky, 
or if I'm lucky, uh, I will live to maybe around 90 years old. And then out of those 90 years, 30 years will go away, will, will, won't count because I, I spent those years sleeping. And so what I want to do, that's 30 years, that's a lot of time. And so what I want to do is I want to conquer lucid dreaming, conscious dreaming, like you say, in a, so, that, so that when I'm dreaming, when I'm asleep, I'm also maximizing my conscious time awake on planet Earth, you know. And I, there is a lot of uh, videos on YouTube of uh, how to train your mind to oh really uh, oh realize you're dreaming and don't wake up and yeah that's interesting man you, you there is stuff like you if you have to train yourself to check the time because the time in the dream the clock is gonna be a little bit yeah uh, I did that once weird yes checking the mirror because in the mirror in the dream it it's gonna be fucked up so you're gonna look a little bit weird so you're gonna if you look a mirror in the dream you're gonna realize you're dreaming <laughs> that is you can you have to look your hands and but you there's certain things you have to do during the day to get used to it so when you're dreaming you do it um but uh for me uh what usually is is happening for me what worked for me until now was um when i realize in the dream something usually in the dream appears and i realize i'm not i'm dreaming like um it's not something i train yet but uh last time was uh usually i see my grandfather a lot so i see my grandfather and know my grandfather died mm. so i see him and i'm like wait i'm dreaming my grandfather's not here anymore and that's one of the triggers that usually i have or last time was weird there was oh yeah i was i travel in time in my dream mm-hmm. <laughs> i was in a place and i went to another place and i was talking to people in this place and they, and I, and i told them I, I'm from 1983. This is the year born, okay? And the people in the in the dream said, "Wow, you're from far away. You're from the past. We don't even use these numbers anymore. This is really our, our, our old uh, style. We don't use numbers." They said the name of the year, wow. and it was this uncomprehensible year that they were. And I was like, "Wait a minute, I'm dreaming." This is not real. <laughs> or, or and that's, that's you woke trigger. up. You, know, I think. you actually woke up in the future, and then those future <laughs> beings were gaslighting you, or you know, like who knows? Yeah. You know, maybe I was in the yeah, future. Yeah, maybe you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it, it, I have I have these crazy dreams, man. If I, we could do a whole podcast <laughs> about my dreams, <laughs> I'm like, what, how I had this? I, I ended up like taking notes now when I wake up in a book. I have a book near the mm-hmm. bed. So I don't forget. I really want to make uh, next, like I did Pixar Rip was like a dream. And I want the next game I work on, I, need, I want to be from a dream, next creation. So, <laughs> so I'm taking so notes. You, so you, so you, <laughs> you would be of the opinion or the belief, maybe, let me, let me, let me probe at this question of that. Like, so we went from like keyboard and mouse to touchscreen to spatial computing paradigm. And once we're done with spatial computing, we're gonna go <clears throat> straight to the brain. So you think we're? Do you think yes. that's the future of VR? I, VR is gonna VR is gonna go straight. We're gonna go straight to the brain in like twenty years or something. I believe this is gonna happen soon. Yeah, it, I don't know if I'm happy or sad about it, <laughs> <laughs> but like everything in life, there is the good side and the bad side. But uh, yeah, I believe it's, it's gonna go through that, and I think that's when it's it's going to be really, really strong. Uh, like, 
as I tested on my dreams, it's it is a reality. Dreams are a reality and it's all in our brain. So it's like you can feel it, you can touch it, you feel everything. It's like you are in you are in this reality now. It is it, it, there is no difference for me when I was in my dreams and I was looking around and it was like here. It was like being here in reality. And that really impressed me because I was like this is all in my brain. This is not real, but it is a reality that is like exactly like our reality. So that was like uh, something that really made me believe on uh, the VR being really working when you straight to the brain. It's just, it is going to be a reality when like them. It, it's ridiculous to say maybe, but it is going to be the yeah. matrix. I, I really... I have been spending time playtesting it on VR, on my, my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and I, after that, I really believe it in the power of our brain. It's just, it's uh, a brain can really, really control us. Everything, everything we see here now in, it's all because our brain is the way the brain yeah. sees it. Right. So it, it is gonna recreate reality. It's another. Yeah, reality. the brain is the most advanced GPU on the planet or the universe that we know of. You know, when when we start tapping into the that the wetware, the GPU inside our heads, then um, yeah, it's gonna be hard to tell what is uh, what is real, yeah. what is not. It's gonna be really powerful. I I am afraid of this future, but I I think yeah. It's yet <laughs> you're afraid of this future. Yet you're going straight in. You're going head first into the future. And let me ask you this, because because some of one of the reasons why one of the crazy reasons why I started this podcast six years ago was hey man, people people are gonna wonder like twenty years from now, twenty five years from now, they're gonna wonder like what were they thinking those people in the early days in the beginning in the very center of this like second wave of vr like in spatial computing what what were they thinking and so and so now i'm throwing the question at you anna and sort of trying to the question i'm trying to ask um is 20 years from now what message would you want to send to yourself like of the anna of 20 years from now i guess Uh wow, twenty years. <laughs> um, twenty years from now, uh, I'm. I hope and um, that uh, twenty years from now, I can. I can uh, have uh, accomplished this whole episodes of Pixel Ripped, five episodes, and I hope I, I created. Uh, more universe. I really, I really want to keep creating uh, places that are impossible to be done in reality. Creating um, dreams, basically. I, I really want to keep working virtual reality. What is gonna be in twenty years? Uh, but in a good way. I really want to use this uh, media for uh, taking people for dreams and uh, places that uh, they can have new experience and experience you couldn't we couldn't have here in reality so i uh, really hope from 20 years from now i can be still developing and uh creating these worlds and uh, awesome yeah I, I i think that that is 
that is something for 20 years from now it is far away but, but it, yeah time passes yeah fast, it does right? it does it, do, it does pass really <laughs> it, the time does go by really fast yet it also feels like a one month in vr equals like three months in real life because so much happens in vr or in spatial computing so in uh, one one year in, in vr equals seven years for normal people so I feel like so I feel, so I've been hearing about you since 2014 and I feel so I feel like I've known you for like 20 years already. I know. No, how no, how dare you? I would never be tired of you. That would be No. <laughs> no, I I Ness, no, no. That is not that is not. By the way, um I have a question, random question for you. Like do people in Brazil, do you guys consider yourselves Latinos? or is hispanics like or like i don't i don't i don't know what latinos latinos yeah we speak portuguese um uh, but the whole south america uh, yeah. we call okay. ourselves latinos okay cool i was okay i'm glad i i i'm sorry i asked i should have i should know this i should know this <laughs> but like cuz i was like it's okay, everyone. It's confusing because the only country that talks Portuguese my in favorite, South America. So one of my favorite la languages to listen to, honestly. I th I think it just sounds Portuguese sounds like um, like people are singing. I'm sure you heard that before. Like people told you, yeah, people sound like like people in Brazil. They sound like they're singing. Like like uh, well, the only yeah, thing I know how to say, say in that. Portuguese <laughs> is, and I learned this when I was seven years old or eight years old, um, watching Discovery Channel. And it was like, hey, the Discovery Channel was showing a, like a little commercial for kids. It was like, hey, if you ever go to Portugal and you need or or Brazil and you need water, simply say, por favor, você pode me dar um vaso de água. And then I never forgot that. I oh, never bom, forgot really that. Good. <laughs> yes. So if so I ever, I know. if you ever kick me off a plane in the middle of Brazil, I will get water. That's for sure. And that, that you said it really right too. You said it in the right spelling, which is uh, hard to I've say. I've been practicing right? since I was eight years old. Impressive, you know. <laughs> survive. Alpha survive. Yeah. How many? Uh, what languages have you? I would love to. I love to. It's. Uh, I. I feel like I, there's. I saw yes. an, an episode from Anthony Bourdain. I think he went. Yeah, he went to Brazil and he was like having some of these like sandwiches. So, so at the at the market and like it was like a like this just amazing sandwich where like put in the whole oh i know what it is yeah in sao paulo it's really famous uh, there's this uh mortadella sandwich which is like hummus yes cheese and oh. like a lot of hummus and yeah it's it's in the big market here in sao paulo it's like really famous but Man, there is so many good food here. I have to say, here in São Paulo, uh, there is good Brazilian food and also international food because there's a lot of Italians and Japanese. So there is the biggest um, uh, community of Japanese people outside Japan is here in Brazil. So the best sushi mm -hmm. it, you find here, the best pizza too. Like I, I have to say, I I I found even a, ch a chef the other day in U.S., and he was saying the best pizza he eaten was in Sao Paulo. And he'd been around wow. the whole world. And I'm like, I have to agree. I think we have a mix of Italian, American pizza, and Brazilian. It's just, um, yeah, I, 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 it's hard to don't eat here. 
<laughs> yeah, it's yeah, that's too tempting. I mean, let me ask you this: Are you? What's your ancestry from? Like, where are your ancestors from? Uh, um, I uh, I've done know. a twenty-three in me. Uh, yeah, and in Brazil, it's a, a big mix. So many of us don't even know where uh, the family came. <laughs> it's the colonization times was a mess. So yeah. I know uh, in my mom mother's family there was a, a British guy. There was a black slave. There was. Uh, like African slaves, they came. So there was a, a native mix it too. There was Portuguese. Mm -hmm. uh, my father's family, there is more Portuguese. Uh, we are a big mix, uh, um, and and I don't I don't know. I think the biggest part is Portuguese in my family, but it, it is hard to tell. It's so mixed. Like there, there is even Arabicans. <laughs> we don't know much about. Uh, the family here because like um, my grandmother the only thing she knows about uh, Portuguese old uh, grand grandfather is this the family name so we don't even know the town so to go discover more from the family it is you have to go treasure hunting it's like really hard the registration like people get like when they arrive in the boats for colonization there was like some registration but it was really disorganized the colonization here unfortunately yeah. <laughs> so we have an idea but it's it's not really awkward yeah um, it's so um yeah it's so interesting to see how like how much variety of genetics is in like one part of the world like latin latin america yeah, which like, i think is a it's brilliant that's what makes us like so different you you see brazilians and you can't tell who is brazilian because they can be blonde they can be um uh, all races and japanese <laughs> yeah my my great grandpa like yeah exactly it's like it's all and it's like all over like my great grandpa was a uh, great great grandpa was like a chinese merchant and so my last mm -hmm. name would have been chang but my family was like no yeah, Chris Chang. But I was like, but then my family was like, no, he left to Shanghai. I don't know. And he's not in, he never came back. So we're just going to like stick with, you know, Miranda. But yeah, and that's like, and that, and, and that's like, I did the 23andMe uh, test and I found that I was like, you know, 6% African, like, uh, like 0.2% Jewish, um, like 16% Chinese. It was like, there was, there's, I, we're mutts, you and I. We are human mutts. <laughs> like uh, I want to do this test too because I, I think I have African, a native from Brazil, Portuguese, Arabican, English, British. Uh, I, I don't even know. I want to discover. Maybe I have some Japanese. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You you <laughs> could. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I love sort of this twenty three and me stuff with with and with. I'm a little cautious though, because I don't know what that information is gonna look like in the future, or would it ever be used against me if, like, if I have like some sort of genetic, you know, predisposition, will that show up on a public record one day and people? I don't know. Will I get ads for they just that? Just kill people. They're gonna kill us. Like they're just doing this to discover <laughs> to discover who are the already ones. Yeah. The <laughs> The oh man oh that's some that's some science. I think it, yeah. I hope the world becomes more and more like this. Everyone becomes more and more mixed because now we're. Uh, I I hate the idea that we have like countries separated and different currencies, different language, different 
I, I really hope we are moving for a world that everyone is just together in one race and one country and one one nation, you know, and it's it's so hard to we we are connected so well in the with the internet, but at the same time in reality it's just so many things like visas and old things that are old and don't work anymore. It's just I wish they didn't exist. So I hope the world goes to a more mixed you know, yep. and we're like I one, one thing. I am totally for interracial sex. I totally want the races to mix. That's that is that's the way to do it. Uh, I think that's the future. I think I think what you said it the way you said it is more beautiful. I'm just being a brute. I'm just being you know. <laughs> yes, let's just everyone have just fuck just everyone all the races <laughs> over 18 consensually. Everyone go fuck. Everyone go fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh you would like Burning Man. Have you been yet? Have you been to Burning Man yet? Uh, no, no, I never been. <sighs> I actually live in California for a year and a half. I never been burned. Oh my goodness, Ana <laughs> Ribeiro. There's that. That place is called. There's a. There is uh, a place in the sand for your tent out there. One day, you're gonna be. A pixel wreck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Many many people say that they play pixel red. They they say. Like, I saw many reviews of people like, this is like having drugs. You don't need to have drugs. <laughs> it's the best compliment. <laughs> that is, that's a really good compliment. That is really, that is really good. And that's not what you were aiming for. But I mean, you kept, you really do keep up that novelty. Like what is going on the whole time? I'm just wondering, what are you, what are, what is even, it's just, and it's, how would be the reaction of people in Burn Man playing this game? Huh? They, would be like something interesting. I to think see. so. They would. They would. They would definitely. Man, and you would get so much data, so much research data on all the different psychedelics and which type of psychedelic is best for pixel rip. You know, I have a. I I once a demo in a, it was um it was still there during the university. We went to this event, show the games, and there was like a bar near the the event, and people coming from the bar drunk to play the game. And I never forget the how different were the gameplay experience. And I even got asked to get married that wow. day. One guy was playing the game. He was like, wow, it was the best experience. I was so drunk. And he had, you did it. I can't believe it. And then he put it, he was in his knees, asked me to get wow. married. It was <laughs> did you say yes? And did you like, you know, live happily ever after? No. <laughs> no, no, he was sixteen. Oh, you—he was sixteen. Okay, okay, yeah. That's we draw. We gotta draw the line. Yeah, definitely gotta draw the line. Oh wow, wow, sixteen-year-olds, man, they're so full of testosterone and they're full of naivete and hope, and they just yeah, yeah and they want to have sex with crazy. everything. So be careful yeah. with them too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, I'm. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for where you're going with Pixel Ripped. I'm really. I'm really happy that you're like, you know, you found your. You found yourself. Do you feel like you're still finding yourself, or do you feel like, all right, this is it. Now I just gotta fine tune what 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 this is that I found. No, I I found myself in, in developing for games and, and game development and VR. Uh, definitely found something i can really entertain myself for many years i i think the industry is just uh, boring now and uh, there's a big journey in ahead uh, it's really exciting so 
yeah, I'm really happy where I where I am when I, I ex- I'm excited for the future as we talk, you know, like 20 years from now, who knows where we're going to be. And uh, I just, I don't know how this is going to look, but I know I want to be on this. I world. love that. I love that. Any <laughs> exciting dates coming up? Anything that, you know, if people who are fans of Pixel Rip, they want to keep an eye out for or. Uh... Um, so we are going to be announcing soon uh, the next game we're working on. Uh, right now, we're just telling people we're working the next game. We didn't announce the year yet, but soon uh, keep it up because we soon we're going to announce and uh, it's it's we've been working for two months, three months now. So we're working hard here in Brazil and I can't wait to share it. I can't say anything more about it, <laughs> fortunately. Uh, but uh, there will be four more episodes of Pixel Rip, and that's that's soon we're gonna announce more stuff about it. But it's gonna be better. Uh, I I believe there's more walls to break in this game. We are breaking more walls. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you think we broke all the walls, you didn't see the <laughs> next game. Uh, yeah, people should be ready for some. Wow, more I love this. Shit. I love this. One, one, <laughs> couple last questions. Will, will there ever be multiplayer pixel ripped experience, co-op pixel ripped experience, or is there, is it too early to say? Not, a, I, I, I really want, but uh, not, mm-hmm. not yet on this next game yet, but um, it is something I want, but not mm-hmm. for this next mm-hmm. game. No. Sounds good. But they, you could, you will be able to choose the difficulty. I can say that there will be awesome. difficult options. So we want to keep the hardcore uh, public happy. So we're going to make you hardcore options for the, the old school gamers. And uh, also the new public, the, the new generation, we're going to have like a more chill um, difficulty for the game. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, that is, uh, uh, that is now a, uh, uh, support so we we now finally making the game from the ground that actually have all these controllers and hand tracking so we are trying to use now all the hand tracking and making a game that you are playing the game but you also you can move your hands free and grab objects and throw around so there's it's gonna be more interactive or more um it's gonna use the more of your the new VR we have now because <laughs> when the game was created designed yeah. in the beginning there was no um touch yeah. controllers there was none of that so um but uh now we are finally making a game with the new <laughs> unity <laughs> this makes so much different man this is it's so using unity 2019 so we are able to go farther uh with the 2d game the 3d game and i now have a team so that's something different too like i have uh, actually a publisher that is funding so the project's all funded now the next game is all funded so I don't have to spend time looking for uh, investment and traveling around. I have support, so this really makes the difference. Uh, so I can focus on being creative and uh, I'm keeping like the crazy <laughs> ideas and not not distracting myself with uh, bureaucracy yeah. and other problems, right? So that's this really makes a difference. I have a uh, talent people with me, new people from Harvard, and most important thing we keep in like the old team so like the composer terence dunn who did all the music from the last game he's with me since the first day uh, at the course he's still in the project uh, william rodriguez who did all the pixel art he's still with us and he's been he's integrated now with the team he, like we are working together 
and um, it, the goal is to keep the old ones, you know, the and integrated the new Arvory team. And yeah, I feel that now uh, it's the perfect environment for the next games. And hopefully, we're gonna be releasing this next one and the next Pixel Rip episodes. And we're gonna be releasing not in four years, wow. which is amazing. <laughs> And I hope it'll be better games and quicker games so people don't lose the trust, you know? Wow, you're... Uh, yeah, it seems like uh, so it seems like you, you sound really <laughs> confident in your team. You sound really confident in your tools. You seem confident in the industry. I, I'm loving this. This is, this is really good to hear. I'm just, I mean, I'm really inspired by like, you know, just, and honestly, honestly, I'm not even kissing your butt. I'm really saying this because it's like, it's real. Like, wow, like you really, you really put this out there and you did it and it's and and you're working on the next thing and it's not it's you know the hustle doesn't stop i yeah this is this is something i, I admire on that so uh so I, I i respect that i love that please keep doing it keep doing more of that um how can people yeah thank you man it, it, i really appreciate it, especially coming from you because uh you know you were I first, there were other people started VR, other right? podcasts, so look, I want to clap because where, yeah, I, from old times you're like yeah, yeah, the yeah. old times it, of VR we're together, you know. I've, yeah, it's been um, since the beginning. <laughs> yes, yeah, since the beach house. Oh <laughs> my god, you remember that? Wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, it was unforgettable. Well, I, let me tell you what happened. No, you know what? I, like Anna, I need to tell you what happened at that beach house talking. because marijuana edibles huh? make you very emotional. I had way too many of those. Way too many of those. Oh, <laughs> and maybe everyone, because uh, I remember that podcast in the table where everyone's uh, throwing everyone, a hat. Yep. And I, I, I gave, it was so intense. People I was giving a lot of edibles to everyone. Like, everyone oh God, was really not, high on edibles that was, night and they felt very like emotional from that experience though <laughs> yeah i am um... I, I was talking to bruce at at, at gdc <laughs> about this too and he's like oh man that day was unforgettable I'm like yeah i can't i never forget that day because i remember people crying like talking about the good old days of vr and i it was super exciting times because it was before the first oculus was out so it's like people were like yeah. It was we all say this is the good old days and it's so nice to to have that memory, you know, and with you guys and we all here still, you know, in the community and the community is growing, but we don't forget the old friends, yeah. you know, that start from the beach house and <laughs> the it, it is yeah. great memories and I hope there is more memories like that coming, you know. It's, it's it was a beautiful moment. I remember I almost <laughs> broke the podcast too. I throw my I throw the hat, and, and I remember <laughs> it, it. I almost destroyed the podcast somehow. People tried to get the the hat and it, it hit the laptop that was recording it. And Thank. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it was um, great memories. I, I, I think it's, it's, it makes me really happy to hear that from you because I consider you my friend and we're uh, and also uh, a reference for the VR community. <laughs> yeah, like we're VR dinosaurs. We have the VR dinosaurs. Yeah, right? yeah. So, Oof. Uh, yeah, thank you. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's been quite the journey. It's, it's been, um, and I feel like, yeah, it, it's going to be a good year for VR and AR and spatial computing and everyone in between. I think, I think this is going to be, um yeah i think this is going to be a good year just a valve index oculus quest 
um, and all the other headsets that are competing, like the Windows, the Windows Mixed Reality headsets, this gen next generation, they're looking mighty compelling. They're getting, they're getting, they're stepping up their game, and I and I dig this. I'm really excited for where yeah. spatial computing is going, and I it seems like I uh, it's I'm just excited for where you're going because you're so well positioned. You've learned so much about the last generation of VR. And you're going to bring those lessons along with you and that experience along with you to make something even better that's going to blow people away. So, yeah, I, and it's amazing because you're like, this is like the beginning of your VR career and you're already killing it. So, um, yeah, this is awesome. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I, I, the beginning, this is the beginning for everyone, I think. We are in the beginning of it. It's, 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 it's amazing. It's really exciting. It's uh, this is just the start of uh, something really big. We are finally now with the Quest and all these headsets that are coming similar. We are finally at the point where we wanted to be when uh, basically this is the DK1 that uh, I think Palmer Locke wanted. So we're finally there and we're finally getting at the point that it's ready for ready for the public, right? It's ready to grow. It's now ready for users and uh, it, it we're gonna see what it's gonna be yeah. how it's gonna, it's gonna be, be good. next year. I'm you know? I'm very hopeful and I'm optimistic and I'm gonna keep an eye on you. How can people, for example, uh, keep an update and keep in touch with you and follow up with all the things you're doing these days? So I post a lot on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, but Twitter is the one I post the most, I think. And it's all, it's Anna Game Dev. You can find me, Anna1N. Anna Game Dev, uh, D-E-V at the end. And you can find me everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, but Twitter, I think, is the place I post the most. And I also now have a little YouTube channel that I started <laughs> that I post. Uh, I'm still discovering what is this channel about, but there's a great video uh Mm -hmm. I just did about the lab, Labo VR. You can check it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and if you want to see, uh, if you want to know about Pixel Ripped, it's all Pixel Ripped. So it's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere is Pixel Ripped. And we have a Discord channel too. If you wanna <laughs> follow up. So, yeah, I think that's that's everything. <laughs> um. There's Avery too, if you want to follow Avery, the publisher uh, where I am now. That's the reason I came back to Brazil. So just search for Avery and um, Avery Immersive Experience. Awesome. Anna, it has been Twitter, an honor and a pleasure to have spoken with you and, and have have and have had this opportunity to finally, you know, get the chat. I'm uh, I look forward to the next time we, we get to chat and and um, you know, hopefully, it won't be yes. another four years. It'll be less than that. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, no, this was really fun. I'm really, I'm really happy we got the chat. And I, I feel like we could talk for another eight hours. We really could. There's so much we could talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We should do that eight hours once when the eight hours one when we're in the pub and. That would that would definitely worth it. And then remember that day in the beach house was I it was around eight hours and it was in the beach house. So yeah, let's do this <laughs> at the beach house. Let's do it. Definitely go. I'm ready. <laughs> and I'm then save these files. This is you're doing history here, and I really want to hear this twenty years from now, man. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. I'm gonna. I'm. I, well, as long as yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like this is something that uh, I I will keep doing as long as I can, and I'm pretty com- pretty pretty convinced I'm gonna make it at 20 years, and so or 25. So uh, already done six years, 19 more to go. You know, I'll, uh, and along the way, we'll we'll keep talking, and we'll be I'll keep checking back on you. I want to keep knowing more about your story. Um, so uh, one last thing, I have conclusively concluded, and I think we've all, all we all have known this by now that you are a true lady and scholar of virtual reality, yeah. and um, and so <laughs> and so. Uh, <laughs> with that being said, yeah, do you have any last thoughts? Anything you want to leave the listeners with? Um, I think the message I said. I think overall through this podcast, it was about, I'm just going to reinforce what I said, just uh, work, whatever you are working with, uh, just do what you love and uh, make this life worth it. And, you know, otherwise, what is the point we're here? We, if we're not dreaming, we're not uh, following our dreams and making something we love with our time. We're not going to leave anything valuable for anyone that comes after us. So, just do what you love. That's the message. <laughs> Just reinforcing the same message I said before. And that's when we create brilliant things, right? When we're doing with heart and with passion. Even my microphones fall over. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the message. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I couldn't have said it better. Anna, thank you so much. Oh, perfect. I love that message. Yeah. And um, yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, this has been a really good conversation. So, so thanks so much for your time. I'll catch you. I'll catch you later. Oh my God. Did 